The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region, in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Let the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. They were fishermen. They were fishermen. I've been wondering if the passage is really about their identity of how James and John and Simon Peter and Andrew saw themselves or maybe more importantly how they believed that others saw them. Matthew tells us that they were fishermen. I think identity is a little bit funny. Um, I've noticed something lately, when I go to the gym, I sometimes go in the middle of Wednesdays, and, I, and it's Wednesday, we have Wednesday at Live, so I'm usually wearing my clericals, and before I get out of my car at Lifetime Fitness, I take off my collar, and I remember in seminary that feeling of eagerness to have a new identity, and now sometimes I don't really like it. I don't mean the, the following Jesus part, but the attachment to a job or vocation or the questions that come. And so I take it off and I leave it on my front seat. There are other times when I put it on precisely because that needs to happen and I see that role 
that my identity plays. And maybe it's a little bit easier for me because I can unclip my profession with a snap of my wrist. But I think it's somewhat true for all of us. We have an identity and sometimes we want to claim it boldly. I'm a mother of three or a strong independent bachelor or I'm a lawyer or I play in a band or call me Dr. John or Professor Will or the other that 90% of y'all claim, Roll Tide or War Eagle. And other times we tread lightly and we take it off because we don't want to be known or judged. Maybe we fear that being a stay-at-home parent or being a child who is working full-time to care for an aging parent or loved one isn't an identity that measures up to some preconceived ladder of valued human worth. And so we unclip our collar so that we don't have to acknowledge who we are because we're worried about being less than or not being enough. We hide our identity. How do people know you? Who do they say you are? Or who do you say that you are? This Sunday, our gospel, according to Matthew, is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Um, so far, we have this Sunday, we've, I mean, these Sundays this year, we focus on his birth and his baptism and his relationship with John the Baptist. And this week, we begin to move to where he's going outside and becoming known and calling his disciples. It's the start of his public ministry. And it looks different in, in every gospel. John's one of the most beautiful where um, there are all these people that are named and they're, and they're traveling and they switch allegiances from John the Baptist to Jesus. Mark is short and to the point and then Luke adds this great story of them casting the net and pulling in all these fish and it's this miraculous miracle that leads to them becoming disciples. But Matthew's a little bit different. It just happens immediately, it's interesting. They drop everything and he puts that emphasis, they are fishermen. It means they have lucrative jobs. And I'm struck that they don't return home. They don't go to say goodbye in this account. They don't go and sell all of their belongings like the rich man. They just get up and leave. They just get up and leave. I mean, the only way that is possible, the only way that is possible if, is they encounter something that is so powerful and life-changing that they're willing to leave everything behind. That's how powerful what they encounter is. Here is what I know to be the gospel truth. This is what my understanding of the gospel is. That love is the most powerful force in the world. It is love that heals. It is love that renews. It is love that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It has the power to transform everything. What if James and John and Peter and Andrew 
somehow experience that love in that moment. So they don't care about their job or making money. They care about the love of God to heal, to renew, and to make their life and the life of others fundamentally different. I love it. Come and follow me and I will change your lives. And I'm left wondering if they looked into the eyes of Jesus and they knew that they were loved, they experienced that in this profound way and it allowed them to go out and to transform the world. I love that at that, that the last passage that Jesus is going around the Sea of Galilee with the disciples and, and everybody is being healed. I mean, it's that moment that love is being made manifest in that community and, 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 and I hear that it's our goal to go and do that to the ends of the world. But it's about identity. And so here is something that I've been thinking about. If you find yourself really proud of all that you accomplish, of your important career, of how people see and view you, I have some good news. You can be liberated from living up to that person that you think you need to be. Cast down your nets. The thing you've been holding on to for security and well-being is not the source of life that the world needs. Modeling the love of Jesus Christ and sharing that love is the most important thing that you will ever do because the world is yearning for that love. And if you've ever asked that question, if you've ever asked that question, who are you or what do you do, and you feel like it's not enough, maybe there's some guilt there or shame, then I offer you this. This passage is about a different identity that we are offered, and that identity is yours. All you have to do is say yes. The most important way of living, the most important thing that you and I can do is to be followers of that way of love, to believe that love has the power to heal, to renew, to resurrect, and to share that. I'm left imagining a world where sharing the love of Jesus, that God has come for every one of us to invite us into that, of being love, of, of forgiving people, of caring, of clothing, of feeding, of visiting, of listening, of taking care of precious human life, of taking care of our precious earth, and living this ethic of love I have to believe that is something that every one of us is being equipped to do. And if we can just let down our nets of security, then we can embody that identity. John and James and Simon Peter and Andrew saw that they could take this on and they cast down their nets and they let go of being everything else. May we learn to see that our identity as followers of the way of love is the most important thing that any of us can embody. And may we cast down our nets as well. Amen.